Yeah, but I have been playing a shitload of Zoo Tycoon. So much. Dude. <laughs> oh my god. I've, I've been playing all day. I um, I don't know if it was because I was playing all day or because I tried to build this really funky exhibit. Like, it was just a really weird mm-hmm. shape. I crashed the game and uh, <gasps> lost, like, two exhibits because I didn't save between building them. Thankfully, that's oh, all no. I lost. But, mm-hmm. like, scared the shit out of me. It's never happened. So. Whew. Whoa. Have you been playing, like, the same... Like, reloading the same game each time, or have you been, like, starting over? Do you have different ones? How have you been doing it? Um, when I first started, I started with, like, a base, the whatever, like, the most basic zoo was, and I was going, I mean, like, I maxed out the money they give you at the beginning, because I was like, I need this shit. I'm I'm just playing freeform. I don't play, like, the goal ones. And I was just building mm-hmm. a zoo for fun and, like, unlocking things as they came, came along, and then I was like... Why have I never looked up, like, a money cheat or anything for this game? Oh, shit. I know. So I was like, oh, look that shit up. And it's apparently super easy. So I, like, started a whole new zoo, just gave myself a shitload of money, like, threw all the research and everything up, and just kind of let it all, like, build and accumulate so I could build, like, the perfect zoo. And so that is mm-hmm. what I've been doing. I have just this massive plot of land with just a lot of shit happening right now. It's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, when I first started doing it, I, like, kept the money at, like, 100000 or whatever to just be in, like, the intermediate shit, and I didn't, like, think anything of it, and then I started building my zoo, and (laughs) I had, like, two exhibits, and I was going hella bankrupt, Uh I couldn't keep my animals happy, like, I had to keep starting over, and then I was finally, like, fuck it, I'm just gonna max out on money because I don't care anymore if this is challenging. Mm. I just want a successful zoo. Right. So, yeah, that's definitely the key to happiness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing with the money cheat, uh, it's super easy. You just hit shift and the money sign, so shift four. That's all you do, and it gives you 10000 automatically. And if you just hold that, <laughs> it gives you a shitload of money. But... No way. But if you have, like, exhibits and stuff, um, they might deteriorate really fast and break and let your animals Mm. loose so if you're gonna give yourself a ton of money do it before you build anything because there's no consequence okay good to know good to know i gave myself like five million dollars just to like (laughs) really do whatever the fuck i wanted oh my gosh Uh do you um do you have like every animal under the sun or do you have like a specific theme that you're going with um right now i'm trying to just kind of make it really aesthetically pleasing like as as if I wanted to go to this zoo so I'm yes <laughs> I'm really taking the time to do a good mixture of like zoo and aquarium so I've got like half aquarium half zoo I'm debating on at the very end if I put a dinosaur in the middle and release it you know at the very end of the game <sighs> when I when I build it and have it completed but right now I'm just sticking to pretty normal shit so yeah Yeah, I also tried to start out with dinosaurs, and they are so hard to keep happy. Like, their happiness, like, even if they have the perfect exhibit, they're still not happy. And I have no idea what to do, because, you know, when I go into the the scientist's recommendations, it's like, oh, no, they're good. I'm like, but they're at the lowest, like, they're at a frowny face, and I can't buy more animals. So they're like, I've haven't had any success in maintaining dinosaurs. I've had to sell all the ones that I um that I've bought pretty much. So 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I haven't really tried to raise them. I did the tutorial, which glitched on me yeah. and <laughs> got real fucking interesting because <laughs> I couldn't. It was at the part where you like release the dinosaur and then you're supposed to put the little building that's, you know, that shoots the dinosaur and like calms the situation yeah. down. But that building wasn't popping up in the tutorial. Like, it was telling me to, like, hire them and to put them in. And I was like, but they're nowhere in the menu. And the dinosaur... Like, get it, Aaron. I know. The dinosaur was just rampaging and, like, destroying everything. And I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. Yeah. It was, Love it. It was fun. I know. I am I am so happy with the decision to revisit this game. But at the same time, I'm also very <laughs> upset. Like last week I had, I couldn't control it. Like I would just like come home from the, the gym at like seven o'clock and then I'd be like, well, that's about a night for me. And then I would just spend like going to like 1130, just like playing my game when I should be like, you know, doing my homework or like being productive with my life. But then when I think about being productive, I'm I just can't because I'm like I need a break. <laughs> and right. Zoo Tycoon is my break. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking oh. about possibly playing after this, like after we finish yep. recording. But like yesterday was what Sunday. I woke up and I started playing Zoo Tycoon, and I didn't stop playing until like 2 p.m. when I realized I hadn't eaten anything. <laughs> like I had been. Oh my god! <laughs> I had been just playing the game from the moment I woke up oh and you know I God. wake up early I was up at like yeah. 6 30 so holy shit damn becoming bad for our health and everything fuck I don't care uh, it's all I want right now is I know I know it's a it's an addictive drug mm -hmm. so but I'm living for it I, I just love how, like, also, how shitty quality it is. Like, how oh the God, graphics yeah. are so, they're so poor. And even, like, the little icon on my computer, it's, like, blurry. <laughs> it's, like, hard it's, pixels. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just such low quality. And I, uh I I do love it. I know. It's, I, I absolutely love it so much. Uh, my biggest complaint is that you can't pick objects up and move them. You have to delete them. Which costs yeah. money, and then you have to repurchase them to move them. Unless you get yeah. real quick with the undo button, which you only get to use once. <laughs> Ugh. Exactly. Exactly. I know. It's it's a price you have to pay. <laughs> Good thing we got unlimited money, though. Look up some of those cheat codes. There's some pretty cool shit you can do. Um, I just Definitely. type in Zoo Tycoon cheat codes, and there's just a bunch of websites that list some stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Simple things like you can name one of your um, workers Rosalie and then you don't pay your workers at all, which. <laughs> oh, no. I know. At first, I almost didn't do it uh, in the first my first zoo before I really went hard on the money cheap. Because I was like, I feel bad for the workers, you know, they, they're just here trying to make a living. And I'm like, it's a goddamn computer game. They don't fucking care. I know, I know. It's like, now's not the time to be socially woke when I'm just trying to raise my dinosaurs. <laughs> I know. <sighs> Man. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to look up the cheats. Someone tell a joke. All right. Well, I guess let's introduce ourselves then. Mm -hmm. I'm Jessie. And I'm Erin. And we're the Cage Queens. 
So this week we're talking about Moonstruck, which came out in 1987. Uh, which this is one that I had seen before, um, mm-hmm. and this is one you hadn't seen. Just off the top right now, did you like it? Yes. <laughs> I did. Seemed like a hesitant yes. Did I like it in comparison to all of the movies that we've watched so far? Yes. Would I watch this in my own time if we weren't doing this podcast? Probably not, just because I don't like romantic comedies. Yeah, yeah, of course. But, yeah, I meant in the context of of what we're watching here. I feel like it's one of the better ones so far. Yep, because it's got Cher in it. It does. Did you want to do a recap on it, or did you want me to do it? Sure. Yeah, so the main... um, actress in this movie is Cher and she plays Loretta which is kind of this middle-aged woman that is um, from a Sicilian household uh, who lives in Brooklyn and she's kind of has this weird like she has like this superstition about love and um, kind of like expectations for like getting married and all this kind of stuff and so she kind of has a husband and and the past and he gets hit by a bus and she thinks it's because she did all these things wrong and so then in the present day she um is with this man and um he pretty much proposes to her she makes sure that he does it right so that they can get engaged and live this happily ever after and he leaves uh for sicily to go take care of his dying mother my mother is slipping away how long perhaps away And while he leaves, he's like, I need you to reconnect with my brother to invite him to the wedding because we have a rocky past and we need to make amends in order for us to, like, you know, move on with our future. And so, lo and behold, she goes and gets with the brother who plays um, Johnny, which is Nicolas Cage. And Mm. she ends up falling. Oh, shit. You said Johnny. Okay, yeah. So the one she gets engaged to is... Johnny. Johnny. And Nick and is then Ronnie. His brother, Nick Cage, <laughs> is Ronnie. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be a tough one, isn't it? Oh no! I'm already getting confused. <laughs> and anyways, she so she like she ends up falling for Ronnie mm-hmm. while Johnny is away and she, you know, she tries to fight it, but there's all these like you know, signs that she needs to be with Ronnie. And so eventually, you know, her kind of like exploring what her love life could look like is kind of like the plot of this movie. And then her just, you know, having family issues and um, trying to deal with her personal, I don't know, problems is just like, what we get to see. <laughs> I don't think I did a very good job at synopsising. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. I think. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Good enough. Besides the mishap. <laughs> it's going to have to you, stay you can, in, too. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, All right. The first time we see Ronnie, obviously, would be when Cher goes to uh, see him because... When she tried to call him and ask him to come to the wedding, he hung up on her because 
he thinks that Johnny should be the one asking him to come to the wedding, which he's not wrong, but she goes to the bakery where he works to to talk to him, and that's like 25 minutes in. But it's also my favorite scene when they're down in the at the bread ovens, that whole monologue <laughs> that he has, and he, he yells, I lost my hand! I lost my bride! Johnny has his hand! Johnny has his bride! You- Ugh. That's one oh, of my favorite man. parts. He's just so fucking my- <laughs> wild. Yes. My my favorite part was also in part of that monologue when he's like, I want you to watch me kill myself! <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy, bring me the big knife! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. He's <laughs> just being, like, so extra. And it was really funny. And, like, his character, like, got to fully embody all of Nick Cage's chest hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god, he was wearing, like, a, a wife beater, and he was just, like, his chest hair was all up in that bitch and it was very gross looking (laughs) but one of the reasons why nick cage is distant with his brother as he explains in this like drawn out monologue is because like he was um young and engaged to the love of his life and his brother was like i guess helping him get ready for the wedding or some shit yeah so he's well he's at the bakery i think isn't he um, he's mm-hmm. at the bake. He's at the bakery, and he's like working the slicer or whatever. And Johnny asked him for some bread, and he turned his head to look at Johnny and sliced his hand off in the slicer. So he blames Johnny for mm-hmm. being for for Ronnie himself being inattentive, essentially. Yes, and so he blames Johnny for it. And yeah, Sharon does call him out on it. She said, uh, "You can't can't be mad at him for that. That's your own fucking fault." Yeah, yeah, and apparently because he cut off his own hand, his fiance left him, and then oh, yeah. that's why he he's brideless. But yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck about justice. I'm just mad. I don't care who I have to be mad about. Um. So yeah, he lost he lost his hand. <laughs> he lost his bride, and then he had no more meaning for life. But the funny thing is, he continued to work at the bakery. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't enough to convince him to get a new job. He's like, you know what? Bread's still good, though. So, um, good, But I wanted to ask you, if you got to choose how you lost your hand oh. in some kind of, like, weird, bizarre, like, accident, what would it be? Okay, well, first of all, do I get to lose my non-dominant hand, my left hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think I think Nick Cage's hand was his left hand that mm-hmm. he lost, so we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> I would probably lose it by like petting something that bit my hand off. Nice. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> that's that's how it would go. Yeah, I I was definitely thinking like on like shark attack type shit. Like I. I want a shark to just bite my hand, and then when someone's, oh, how'd you lose your hand? Bit, shark attack. <laughs> Mine would be petting a dog too aggressively or something yeah. like that. <laughs> You're such a good boy! And then just, like, unreceptive. <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah, it would have to go by animal, because any other way would just not be as cool. <laughs> and you definitely need some element of coolness. 
to go with your lack of hand. <laughs> I listened to a podcast where this dude told a story about how he intentionally cut his own hand off, made it look like an accident, just so he could make this other person feel less bad about losing their hand. Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's that's too far. I know. <laughs> yeah. I've heard people trying to, like, cut their hands off to make, like, insurance claims and shit, mm-hmm. like, just to get a lot of money and shit, mm-hmm. but just to make someone feel good, like, I'm sure there's other ways to do that. <laughs> there there certainly are. I feel like that was a very extreme way to go about it. <laughs> oh my god, just gotta get on that guy's level of friendship, apparently. We don't know what it means to be friends until we're willing to cut off our hands for each other. <laughs> no, if you if I lost my hand and you cut off your hand in solidarity, solidarity I would think that you were a little too fucking why like i would be like really put off by that i'd be like i don't know if we can be friends anymore yeah i mean you're you're a little you're a little too obsessed with me (laughs) i don't like it when people copy me too much like that (laughs) yeah for real i'm now i'm not unique and i feel like you made this less of my thing and more of your thing and Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna work exactly (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, so he loses his hand. We get to see him in a a little prosthetic type deal um, throughout the movie. And I should be so happy. Huh, sweetie? After she, like, makes him that meal upstairs and then, like, all of a sudden they're, like, they're just banging because, you know, that's... (laughs) That's Nick's role, is just to steal your girl. Mm, that <laughs> is true. What, <laughs> that's what he does. And the next morning, she wakes up, and, you know, she has she has these regrets. And Nick Cage is like, I love you. I and know. It, <laughs> too soon, bud. Too soon. And that's where the iconic moment happened, where Cher slaps him and says... <laughs> Snap out of it! Mm-hmm. And it is just the, like, I know I know that line from Cher, but I never knew where it was, like, affiliated with, but now, mm. now I know. <laughs> I, um, I speculated that the only reason he said that he loved her is because it's the first person he banged in five years. I oh, mean, yeah. that would probably throw any dude over the edge (laughs) for real though for real yeah he was yeah he was just on some level of desperation and she was looking to find an excuse to get out of her unloving relationship and it nick was the perfect the perfect uh way to fill her void (laughs) but she doesn't (sighs) she doesn't accept it at first um, mm-hmm. She says, no, we can't be together, to his I love you. And uh, then he asks her to go to the opera with him anyways that night. And so she does. And she yeah. does the whole makeover and everything, which, I mean, why would you get a makeover if you didn't love him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or if you didn't feel yeah. for him anyways. You don't have to be in love with him, but... She definitely felt something for him because she got her grays taken out and got a new dress and shoes and a whole new hairstyle and then they went to the opera and ran into uh 
her dad on a date with another woman. Yeah. Which... <laughs> yeah. Apparently being unfaithful <laughs> runs in the family. Uh-huh. Um, so, yep. Her, her dad was having an affair. She was going to uh, the opera with Nick. And then during this moment, her poor mom, like... Her mom, like, Mm -hmm. suspected that, you know, her husband was having an affair. And so she goes out to dinner um, by herself. And then we see this professor who is repeatedly on some Title IX misconduct (laughs) bullshit with his students. Like, we've seen this professor, like, multiple times with his students at this restaurant getting water thrown at Mm -hmm. him because, you know, he is being a douche. And so, you know, this professor is at, you know, doing his thing, (laughs) abusing young women and, or taking advantage of young women. And, um... Yep, he gets water thrown on him, and then somehow he gets invited to come hang out with uh, Cher's mom in the movie, and they eat dinner together, but, you know, they they talk all night, but, you know, her She's mom faithful. is the only one, yeah, that stays faithful. She's like, yep, I know who I am, like, you're not mm-hmm. coming inside my house, and so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you just kind of fall in love with the mom because you feel you feel so bad for her and that in yeah. her like predicament and ugh, it sucks. But that night, um, after the opera, like Cher's freaking out because she sees her dad clearly on a date, and so they go and they get a drink. Uh, Ronnie and um, Loretta. I should call her by her name, her character name, and I know. not her her real name. I know. So Ronnie and Loretta, they go to the bar and they have like one drink, and he asks her what he, what she wants to do, and she says she wants to go home. So they start walking, but clearly she doesn't know New York all that well, because he walks her back to the bakery, uh, aka his apartment, <laughs> and she's like, "You didn't walk me home. You walked me back to your apartment." Yeah, no fucking shit. Um, and Duh. he goes again and. Uh, this one made me a little uncomfortable, the way he was asking her to, like, come up to his apartment and, like, sleep with him again. Because she clearly wasn't interested, and then, like, I feel like he coerced her, but I know Definitely. it's a movie, and she is supposedly in love with him and whatever, and there was right. consent between the two, but it just seemed really pushy. Now I want you to come upstairs with me and and get in my bed. Yeah, because... I feel like the message that they were trying to deliver was like, you know, Cher was trying to do what she thought was right, but in neglecting, you know, how she really felt. And Nick kind of had to draw that out of her. But the way that they did it just made it seem like he was like peer pressuring her into doing something that she was not comfortable with doing. And then she ultimately, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, she goes up anyways and again she doesn't come home which Mm -hmm. is an issue because johnny did come home from sicily much earlier than expected and he shows up at her house and the only person home is loretta's mom because she's the only one that showed up at home that night i guess (laughs) the only faithful one coming Uh, home (laughs) yeah. yeah but um yeah, so he says that he's going to leave and come back in the morning, um, assuming that Loretta's going to come home that night later because nobody knows where she is. Mm-hmm. But the next morning is, like, the big, big scene where everybody is there, you know? Everybody's mm-hmm. in the room together. 
for um, the ultimate, like, climax of the movie that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, because at that point, you know, uh, Loretta's mom knows something is going on because she hasn't been back for a couple nights in the row, uh, row, and then her dad obviously sees her at the opera, so he knows something that is going on, and so when she finally comes home, she's kind of has to, like, admit what's going on to her family, and um, all of a sudden, so she, you know, she comes home the next morning, her mom's kind of questioning her, eventually Nick shows up, and he's like, hey, ha <laughs> I'm the guy that's been banging her, like, hello, nice to meet ya. Um, And then, you know, all of these series of people come, you know, it's like mm-hmm. her dad comes, her her aunt and uncle comes, and, like, everyone's just waiting for her fiancé to come so that, you know, she can tell him what's up. And so her fiancé eventually ends up coming back just to tell her that, he can't marry her because the whole reason why he went to Sicily was because his mother was sick and was kind of on her deathbed. But I guess when he told his mother that he was getting married, she it, a miracle happened and she, you know, it restored her health and she's all better now. And so then he's like, well, now that my mom's good, like, eh, don't really need to get married. But yeah, he said that they can't get married because if they get married, then she'll die. Yeah, because um, he's also superstitious, apparently. And yes. uh, so at, right after he says that uh, and they agree to not get married or whatever, Ronnie proposes to Loretta right there in the kitchen literally <laughs> immediately afterwards and then also uses the ring that Johnny had given Loretta, which wasn't really even an engagement ring. It was his pinky ring because he didn't have a ring when he proposed to her. And uh, so they just used the same ring that had just been passed around so he could propose to Loretta, <laughs> and she says yes there in the kitchen. Literally two days, two mm-hmm. days after he met her, like, they yep. are already engaged. So it is just a very unrealistic love story. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, so it was a very, yeah, it was very much so a romantic comedy just because there was so many, like... There's so many things with the family drama. There are so many things with the the Nick Cage drama and so many just, like, superstitious things. And it was just, like, a, a wacky love story. But I, I guess the reason why it was called Moonstruck was because, like, kind of the night where, you know, Loretta first gets with um, Ronnie... Ronnie I was like, oh, fuck, well, what is it? (laughs) Um, You know, after they get done banging, they they look out at the moon and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's just, like, wonderful. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, her aunt and uncle wake up and look at the moon and they're like, wow, that moon is something. And then they start banging and it's just kind of this, like, Mm -hmm. oh, and then there's this um, Loretta's grandfather yep. yes who has who is like just the most adorable he has six like six dogs mm-hmm. and he was out he was out walking the dogs at night and then they saw the moon and they they started howling at it and so there was just kind of this connection with the moon and everyone doing their thing looks like a giant snowball mm-hmm. um so I guess that's 
why it was called that, but I, I, I was kind of looking up some of the, like, trivia or whatever for this movie, and I saw that one of the alternative names for this was um, the the Bride and the Wolf or something like that. <laughs> really? Make sure I got... Yeah. Yeah, because, like, you yeah. know how... Sh- she calls him a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Bride and the Wolf um, was an alternative name, but they decided not to go with that because they're like, oh, that sounds more like a like a horror story. I saw that they, um, the intros, the, the song, because they, the song that they end up using is that, when the yeah. that song, you know, um, the original song that they had for the intro was... Uh, the theme from La Boheme, which is the opera that they go and see in the movie. And apparently that didn't test well with the audiences because they thought they were (laughs) sitting in on some, like, artsy movie. (laughs) Oh. So they changed the uh, theme. Um. And I guess if we're if we're going to talk about trivia, (laughs) um, another thing that it just made me LOL because it's so, like, classic Nick. You know how we always talk about how he loves to put his own like stylization uh-huh. yeah, onto onto his shit. Well, in this movie, he kind of pictured himself as like a as a wolf man and like that's who he wanted to embody. And so he kind of wanted to take on like this really like gravelly type of voice um like he um he claimed it was going to be like Jean Jean Marais who is um kind of the beast in the in the like human version of the beauty and the beast back in like I don't know like the 1950s or something and he has oh this God. really just like gross sounding voice and so that's what Nick wanted to do but the directors were like no no that's not gonna, that's not going to fly here like you're not going to you're not going to do that and, and he was like afraid that he was going to get fired because he just couldn't get on to the like he couldn't catch the vibe that they wanted to deliver cuz you know he was uh trying to do his own thing and so he had to go with the script to make this role work for him yeah he also wasn't the first choice um, really, for Ronnie? I wasn't sure if you saw that because apparently uh-uh. we did some different research because you're hitting me with facts I didn't Google. So <laughs> I know, um, but apparently Cher uh, was the one who fought to have Nick on the movie. So the original choice was, I guess, Peter Gallagher. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. I'd have to look him up. Um, look. I'm about to because now I'm talking about him. I need to know. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I recognize his face. I don't know what he's in. Oh, yes. I recognize this guy. Okay. Yeah, he's in a ton of shit. Yeah. Okay. So originally they wanted him for the role of Ronnie, but Cher wanted Nick to play Ronnie. Um, and she did screen tests with both Peter and Nick. And the directors and producers and everybody still wanted Peter to be <laughs> Ronnie because he just did better, but mm-hmm. she insisted that he that Nick could do crazy better than Peter. So that's how Nick got the part. I mean, it was all thanks to Cher. She said she wouldn't oh. do the movie without him. So God bless her. Yeah. Um, did you see that Cher is seventeen years older than yeah. Nick? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, was like, she damn. Looks, she, but she looks so young in the movie. Oh Holy my god, fuck. she doesn't age. Like, she is just timeless. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I had anything else. It was fucking wild, though, that they got engaged after knowing each other for less than three days. I know. Um, I guess one more fact that I saw about this movie was that this was not the type of role that Nick Cage wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, that his, um, like, I don't know, his, like, managers or whatever were just, like, pretty much convinced him to do the role. And um, he instead wanted to do movies that were more, like, punk, I guess. Okay. Apparently there's a quote in New York Times that says, I was in such a state of shock that I had made a sweet romantic movie that I had to go and do Vampire's Kiss right after. Mm. Right, because he needs time because he's like kind of that method actor. So he needs time to get into the headspace to be the character, which makes sense. I mean, like if he wants to stick to like a crazy, uh, edgy theme, you know, to his movies, it's definitely a different style. I mean, I haven't seen Vampire's Kiss, but... Yeah, it definitely has it definitely has way more of an edgy vibe that probably better suit the type of movie that he was looking to do. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to see Vampire's Kiss because this is another one of those um, movies that has that iconic Nick Cage expression. The mm-hmm. one meme that you know you see him like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know which one you're talking about. So that's from this. Yes, it is. And so, and I th- I mean, I like this movie. I remember I watched it in my free time at another stage of my life where we weren't doing a podcast. And I was like, damn, that was, that was an interesting movie. Like, a fucks with it. It's pretty good. Um, All right. Like we said, our next one's Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> and, you know. Yes. Coming up here. Uh, that came out in 1988. It is uh, comedy slash horror, which is exciting. And the little uh, synopsis here says, After an encounter with a neckbiter, a publishing executive thinks that he's turning into a vampire. And obviously our our main character is Nick Cage. Um, And then uh, I'm just not even going to bother about the rest of the characters because our number one (laughs) is our boy. Who cares? Like, we we know know the the important guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But I'm excited. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, I need to I need to pull up my spreadsheet because I forgot to put in the last Ooh, movie didn't, too. You I didn't, didn't do the rank last. this one yet, dude. I have been playing so much <laughs> Zoo Tycoon. There's no I, time. You think I'm joking when I say I've been playing a lot of Zoo Tycoon lately? Yes. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. The more that we talk about it, the more I'm definitely gonna. Play it after this. I know. <laughs> like, I hope Anna doesn't like want to watch a movie or something. Yeah, I really just want to play right now. Occupied with my game. <laughs> oh uh, man, I'd put Raising Arizona. I'd put that above Valley Girl. Yeah, I'd put that above Birdie. I'd put that yeah. above Racing with the Moon. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I think. I personally, in my personal ranking, I would put Moonstruck over Raising Arizona. Yeah, I think I would too. 
still puts Fast Times at number one. But that doesn't count because it's <laughs> one of his smallest roles. Oh, did you watch it? I did. I I finally watched it and I fucking loved it. It was such Oh my god, there was so many good like 80s moments where I was just like this is comedy Classic at its 80s. finest. Yeah. Yeah, like it was so good. And like if I didn't know that Nick Cage was in that, I probably wouldn't have even like recognized him because no. his role is so small. I know. It, I had watched it probably at least 15 times before I even noticed that Nick Cage was in it. And I yeah. noticed it before, like, I had seen, like, his credits on anything on IMDb. Yeah. I don't even think he's really credited in that movie. He, I think he is, but, like, just... He might be still, like, Nicholas Coppola in that movie. Mm. That might be. Damn. Eh, but it doesn't matter. But Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and just, like, seeing Sean Penn as that character. <laughs> the stoner. Oh my god, I love this uh, so much more than the Racing with the Moon character. <laughs> like, this is just so much funnier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was... I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I'm glad you did. Uh, the part where um, Stacy's friend catches, like, Brad jerking off in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh my god but you can't help but love brad because all he wants to do is work at that shitty burger place (laughs) oh man and then he's a good brother when his sister needs to go get an abortion one thing that i oh that i couldn't stand was that uh fuck i forgot his name but you know the guy that gets um, gets her pregnant um yeah oh fuck what is his name all of a sudden damone mike damone Yes. Yeah. His voice. Oh my god. <laughs> like, was that part of his character, or was that his? That's his voice. Like less than ten years ago, I saw him in a movie. Same voice. Nothing Whoa. changed. Yeah. That. Like, I was like, how is this a high schooler? <laughs> he might have had a little more of an accent on it in the movie, mm-hmm. but like that was his yeah. real ass voice. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. What is life? That's all the Mooney we can handle for one night. Time for us to make like dough and roll. (laughs) Oh, God. They say bread is life.